What's up, everybody? It is Wednesday, November 28th. Not sure when this will be coming out, but that's what today is. Uh, today's episode, we have Nav on. His name, his full name is Navjot Singh. He goes by Nav. Uh, we talk about his journey growing up in an immigrant family in America, um, what he learned from his grandparents, great-grandparents, and father uh, who traveled from India over to the United States, uh, what it was like growing up in the United States in a Sikh family, which is a, a religion that we learn about, and the values and morals that he uh, that this religion taught him. And we also talk about his journey from... Uh, from going from 315 pounds down to 200 and uh, what it's like just grinding all day, every day, and, and how uh, he maintains a positive, grateful mindset. Uh, you guys are really going to really gonna enjoy this episode. It was a lot of fun speaking with him, a lot of fun learning about him. He's an old, old friend, and uh, man, it was just a great conversation. So hope you enjoy. And if you want to follow Nav uh, on Instagram, more of his story, get to know him more. His Instagram handle is at Navjot S Multani 23. That's N-A-V-J-O-T-S-M-U-L-T-A-N-I 23. He said to just DM him if you have any health questions or life questions or whatever, man. But uh, enjoy. I hope you get a lot out of it. Let's go. cool so you know what the podcast is about religion religion (laughs) (laughs) no man so basically um the reason why i wanted to start this podcast because i haven't found like any good book or podcast or any sort of resource that like is good for men yeah there's really nothing out there i mean there's a lot of people that try to to get their messages across but right always diverse to a different topic or the closest people i think is like joe rogan or tony robbins how we were talking about before but they go from it's just not about how to be a man it's about right. being financially set or like mentally set right there's a everything. lot yeah there's a lot of like self-help stuff out yeah. there but like what does it mean to be a man especially in today's age dude where it's like there's what like 73 genders or <laughs> Sexual association. How you can or, change your gender really quick, very easily yeah. with the surgery. Yeah, I, and I don't get it. And it's honestly, it's it's confusing. And I think even for like my younger cousins or my nephews and stuff, it's like, what? Like, how do you? What do? You, what do you teach them? How do you how raise do you them? Explain it, right? How do like, you? It doesn't make sense to me personally. But basically, so this podcast is I'm going to bring guys like you on, and just kind of hear your story. Yeah. Because I mean, we've been friends forever. And kindergarten. I, right, like I know a lot about you, but yeah. I feel like there's way more that I don't yeah. know. Um, and you're just a very interesting person. <laughs> For real, we all though. are in some way. Right. Well, yeah, yeah and that's what this is going to do. It's going to yeah. help people just hear your story and learn from other people's experiences. Exactly. I mean, I learned a lot from you from your first podcast when you put it up here. So yeah, I didn't even think you were doing something like this. So I learned something there. Yeah, man. Well, yeah. I mean, you know me. I'm always trying to just yeah grow in any way. Hey, this is the best way to do it. This is the new uh, way of watching TV these days. That's yeah. what I hear. Everyone's I, been on podcasts, so yeah, might as well might as well start them. Take and, advantage and try. of it. Yeah, exactly. why not? Who knows who we can help? There's always a person out there that's listening. Five minutes can change his whole life, or a two-hour podcast has changed life. For real, I'll tell you, it changed mine. Listening to all these other people out there, so yeah, you know, you don't know what you, who you're helping, where you're helping, but yeah. hopefully we can. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, 
Who knows? But um, so I kind of want to start from the beginning. Let's, Let's start it. where Nav. When, <laughs> when, no, but like, so your parent did? Were your parents born here? No, uh, both my parents were born in India, uh, northern India. Actually, my our family is actually from Pakistan. Okay. That's when the 1947 partition happened. When India yeah, and Pakistan separated, we actually were from Lahore. And uh, my great-grandfather was the governor. Like, they called him Subadar of, like, the Bin, like, or the village. Okay. Bin, we call it village. So, he was, like, the governor of that. So, like, if there was any issues or, and like, you know how we have a village mayor here? It all ran through him. Like, all the decisions were made by him. So, when the 1947 partition happened, they had told us when we were moved over like they literally walked across the border one side after they split india after the pakistan and india yeah after they split they literally one side was all the indians walking to punjab and the other side was all the pakistanis walking to pakistan you could see my grandma told me like she would start crying so wait people crossing okay so explain that there's india yeah and then so india and pakistan were just india at first okay and the Islamic people made a huge riot that we need to become a separate country. Like we we don't we want to don't want to be part of it. And there was a lot of like you know the government was involved and yeah give money here take money there. So when the, then the partition occurred. There was obviously a, a civil war in between the countries. So right. then the, they agreed that let's do the partition. Okay, but so, it was it was mostly religious based. Yeah, okay. everything. If you think about anything in the Middle East or in that area. It has to do something with religion. Yeah. Like they, because no one believes that, you know, everybody can be religious and still live in harmony with each other. There's got to be some type of agenda, some type of thing. So that's what happened here. So we used to have a ton of land. We had school, my gra- great grandfather built schools for kids that couldn't pay for school. My great grandfather had helped people, they called dispensaries hospitals there. Mm-hmm. So he built a couple of dispensaries to help people that couldn't afford healthcare. So, like, a lot of good was being done with the village. Not him just saying that I did it, mm-hmm. but the whole village did it together. Mm-hmm. So, when we partitioned over here, we were told that we were going to get the same amount of land that we had in Pakistan will be uh, put in India. So, we partitioned to Fatehgarh Sikri, which is a town in Punjab. Okay. But we didn't get the land we were supposed to get. We probably got a quarter of it. Who told you you were going to get this land? So, the government had said that, hey, whatever land you have accumulated in Pakistan, you'll have it in Punjab. Oh, okay. But... That didn't happen. That didn't happen. Nor was there any papers given out. So whatever, like, so whatever we got, we were just happy with that we had something, right. somewhere to stay, somewhere to sleep. Especially with my my grand my great grandfather had seven kids, so he had to make sure that they had something. Yeah. So then my grandfather married my grandma, twelve years old. My grandpa was twelve, fourteen years old. My grandma was twelve. My grandma was like, I had no idea what was going on, and when I came into the my in laws' house, I was handed. My uh, grandfather's siblings, and she literally raised her my grandfather's brothers and sisters. All right, time out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, your grandfather's fourteen. Yeah. Your grandmother's twelve. Hadn't seen each other. Didn't see each other during the wedding. They saw each other the day after. So they got married, had a wedding. Yeah. Where did and then they where do they live? My, right with my with my uh, great grandfather, all in a uh, joint family. And then they raised your grandfather. So your my gr- your grandma gr- raised my grandfather's siblings that were like at twelve. Yeah, that were like eight, nine, ten, 
like five. So six. Have they have they explained to you like wh- what it felt like or like what they even? She, my grandma told me like if I she could remember anything from her wedding was it was absolute chaos. Like no, they had no idea. She had no idea what was happening. They told her, "Oh yeah, you're getting married." She just, she's like, "I didn't even know what the word married meant." Right. Yeah. Now we talk about how, like, we have to live with each other for a couple of months yeah, yeah. and do all this. She's like, no, none of that happened. I hadn't even seen his face. Didn't even know his name. So she's like, we got married. And when we got married, her, whatever, carriage was behind and he, my grandfather was on the front. They still hadn't seen each other because when you get married, they keep the cover, faces co- They used to keep the faces covered. Now you got to, you know, get the whole photo shoot going and yeah. everyone shows their faces and stuff. But Nothing. She's like, I never looked up, and he never lifted my the. It's called a chunni, the scarf thing, to see me throughout the whole ceremony. Because he had my grandpa had no idea what was going on either. Well, yeah, at yeah, fourteen. At, at fourteen, you like, so that all happened, and then at fifteen, he was he's like, I gotta, I gotta tend to my family. So he joined the army. Tend to his his wife, wife, and everybody else, because he has now become the man of the house. Wow. Yeah. So my great grandfather stayed at home, took care of like the land and everything. My grandfather was in the joined the Indian Army as a subadar, which is like the communications. At fifteen. At fifteen. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and then how long was he in the army for? He was in the army for I think twenty five years. And so that was like his. That was his livelihood until he got retirement. Wow. He took retirement earlier to come here, obviously, but, dude. 250 rupees he would get a month what's that's that? equivalent to like three dollars he would keep 25 to himself and send everything else back so i mean like what, what what's it like to live so like this is about men right yeah so your grand how was your relationship with your grandfather probably like the closest relationship i've had with really? anybody yeah yeah like he told me everything so everything was he the first one to move here or was it your parents my uncle my oldest uncle was the first one to move here because he married when he married my aunt her brother moved out here so okay. he sponsored them with it was easy to get a sponsorship back then because yeah. clinton was all about having people come into the country so he sponsored them from here because he my uncle my uncle became a school teacher my assist my aunt's brother yeah. became a school teacher here so he had like a, a source of income he had a place to say so like literally he had seven siblings himself he sponsored all seven wow and they all lived with him at a certain time how much was it to sponsor it was about 150 bucks oh, it wasn't okay. bad um it's it, i mean it's worse now but it, right. 150 bucks back then was a lot too yeah but not as bad as it is now Jeez. yeah so so your grandfather's in the army, sending very little home. I mean, at, at the age of 15, to be able to, like, make that decision, hey, I got to tend for my family. I got to, like, provide. Do we, what were you doing at the age of 15? Nothing. Hey, where are we going to play <laughs> wiffle ball? Or, right. Hey, where are we going to go eat? We right. never thought about that. It's astonishing, like, how fast back in the day you had to grow up. Yeah. We're still growing up right now. We're, like, I'm 28. Right. So I, I feel like, like a child, yeah. I, I act like a child, let right. alone be a child. So, I mean, so you said you were really close to him? Yeah. So what was, like, explaining it to you, like, the whole, um, the arranged marriage, and then, like, what's the mindset to, like, just take that on and not complain or not, like, cry about it or, like, did he cry about it? I'm sure there was... I mean, so I talked to him. I talked to him a couple of times about that. I was like, you you mentioned so many times that you got married at the age of fourteen. Like, 
what was going through your mind. He's like, you pretty much have to become selfless. Like, you have to believe that whatever your parents are doing for you is the right thing. Like, Hmm. he said, I could have argued it. I could have done all this, but I wouldn't have all what I have now. Yeah. So he, he brings it back. To, my grandpa was very religious, so he always brings it back to religion. He said, God has a plan. You just got to trust it. Like, if, you, if you're going down a path and you don't trust yourself that you're going down the right path, then you got issues. He said, I put everything in God's hands and whatever was going ha- to happen is going to happen. So he just kept rolling tight, dude. Like, he never stopped. He... When he was in the army, so every month you got 250 rupees and then you also got like um, unsewn cloth for your clothes so you can go to a, a tailor and get your clothes made. Hmm. For two months he kept his clothing and then every month after that he sent all the clothing back home so my grandpa could sew that clothing to give to his younger brothers. So talk about selflessness. Yeah, yeah. So just so his parents don't have to pay for stuff that they really don't have the money for. Right. He sent his cloth back home with money. So she, my grandma taught herself how to sew. So she sewed clothes for my uh, great uncles, as you would say. Right, right. right. Taking care of their yeah. siblings. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Act of selflessness. So it's it's very centered around his faith. Yeah. It's Even if you believe in God or you don't believe in God, you believe in something. And yeah. you, you're doing, if you just say, just because you say you don't believe in God, you, your belief is that you don't believe in God. Right, right, right. If you believe in God, you believe in God. Like, there's no, there's no in between. So what, you're, is your grandfather um, Sikh? Yeah. Okay, and what, what is that? So Sikhism is the youngest religion, like, uh, what I mean, like, not man-made religion, but like a religion that's made by sp- a spiritual background. So. Okay. It was founded by Guru Nanak Dev Ji. Um, they, what Sikhism, Sikhism believes is that there's one God. And we accept every God. Like, we believe in Jesus. We believe in the Prophet Muhammad. We believe in Allah. We believe in all the gods that came into the Hindu religion. Any any God possible. Like, we believe that they were sent down to to convey the, the message of the higher power. Okay. With Sikhism, we the, our God has no like face or no identity. It's just a very powerful spirit. Like obviously, when you pass away, whatever happens when you mm-hmm. go up there, whoever you meet, obviously that's gonna you're gonna meet your maker. But we believe that every everyone bows to that person. Again, we put labels on God ourselves when we came down here. Yeah. Uh, every religion, but Sikhism believes that's one God. Sikhism was also derived off of Buddhism. Due to the meditation, Hinduism okay. and Islam, so three of those, the, uh, three of the biggest religions in the Middle East and in South Asia, were that's where Sikhism was derived off. Huh. In the, our Guru Granth Sahib, which is our Holy Bible, there Jesus' name is mentioned. Really, Allah is mentioned. There's scriptures from Allah in there. Like it, it's it's not that only a Sikh can learn from it or a Sikh can read it. Right. Anybody can read it. I mean, it's written in Gurmukhi, which is the language. So I couldn't read it. <laughs> you couldn't read it, but there's translations sure, sure. where you could... I mean, it's not fully translated that way, but you can... Like, oh, wow. Like, this, it's the same thing in as it is in Christianity or Catholicism or whatever religion you believe in. Yeah. It's... It believes in peace. 
serving the man, like the your your human being next to human being next to you, and just love. There's there's nothing bigger. There's no like oh you have to sacrifice this. That's what it all that. boils down to. It all boils down to inner peace, being happy, and loving one another. That's it. And they they do that through meditation. Meditation. Like, that, that's yeah, a big meditation part of... is huge. Really. Meditation is huge, and that brings to the, the other topic. Be, through meditation. There are some restrictions on diet and what you can and cannot do. Meaning diet, you know, you know me for how many years now. Yeah. Vegetarian, no alcohol, no tobacco. It's the reason for that is, it's pretty much the the, the alcohol and tobacco is you can't do anything that derives your mind off of mm. your path, mm-hmm. your meditation. And then the meat is that. Would you want someone eating you? Okay. So that's what that whole idea. So is. what's the what's the I, I mean I don't know what's the thought process around animals like is that are animals equal to humans in Sikhism Sikhism or Sikhism S- Sikhism Sikhism okay. it, uh, it depends on whatever yeah um so Sikhism also drives off a karam karma okay. so if you do good karam you you get out of the cycle of reincarnation. Okay. So that's where the meat part comes in is the reincarnation. Okay. So like, um, my godfather explains that if you do good things, you will get out of the circle of life. If you do bad things, you'll come back as something else and you'll just go through that cycle until you come back into this form. Yeah. And the only way to get out of this form is by meditating and doing good and doing seva, which is volunteering. Seva meaning like going to the your church, we call it Gurdwara and, okay. you know, just helping out over there. Yourself, seva, meditation, and just doing helping out a, you know, a human being that's doesn't have to be part of your culture or religion. Yeah. So it's it's all about helping them, your fellow human being. Huh. Yeah. So what's uh, I mean, growing up, there were days that you wore like a turban, and there yeah. were days you didn't. Yeah. So like, what's? I know we kind of we kind of jumped ahead, but okay. So your grandfather's in the war. Yeah. <laughs> He's Fourteen. Yeah. And buried. Yeah. Um, just real quick, when did he start having kids? Uh, so when he when he came back from leave, I think after two or three years, he had my uh, for uncle. Okay. And then three years after, two years after my dad was born, and then two years after that, two or three years after that, my uncle was born. So it was he had three sons. Okay. And then the funny part is, my youngest great uncle and my oldest uncle were a year apart. So my great-grandfather was still having kids yeah, while yeah. my <laughs> grandpa was planning his family. He had seven kids or great yeah, 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 yeah. So like my uh, great-aunt is two years younger than my oldest uncle. Yeah. That's so crazy. my grandma also raised her while raising my Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Uncle, yeah. Unbelievable. And that's a very common. Yeah. Like it's not like, if you ask, not now, but like back then, it was very common that your family is just they somehow just, interlocked. Yeah. Well, my dad... He was, I think it was a year younger or two years younger than his uncle. Yeah. So they were like best friends. They went yeah. to high school together and same, stuff. Like that, same that's thing crazy. with my uncle my great, uh, my great uncle. Yeah. They, that's unreal. They played uh, sports together, cricket, kabaddi, all that stuff. They did together. Man. Which was awesome. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, when you're married off at 14, like. Yeah. You have nothing else. Right. Yeah. It, it just happens. It, it just happens. Just, yeah. yeah. So, um, wh- did your grandfather ever come to America? Yeah. Um, so when my, when my uncle came. He settled first, and then he uh, brought my grandfather over. For him, getting the visa was very easy because he had a military background. Okay. So they respected that. So then he came over, and then he sponsored my father and 
a youngest uncle. Okay. My grandma just somehow, I don't know, God's blessing, somehow she didn't even need, my uncle just applied for her and she got it. Hmm. Like, it was just meant to be. It was meant to happen. So, um, my dad was in the army too. So, he, when he was given the, uh, when he got his visa to come here. So, you have to come as a visitor visa first. Okay. And then you can apply for status. Okay. So, he came, when he came, he had to leave the army to come. But he was able to come here too. Crazy. Back then, it was very easy. Yeah. But you had to have, like, some type of income in the back. So, like, you know, it wasn't a burden on the U.S. economy, which is totally, it makes total sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you don't want to bring someone here and then, like, it's they're not doing anything for the country. Right. They're not doing anything for themselves. So, taxes were a big thing. They always used to pay their taxes, so that was huge. And, well, now times have changed. Yeah. I mean, this country has grown a lot since then, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. 1989 to now. Yeah. So, when did... um. You said your uncle sponsored your dad yeah. to come here? Yeah. And when when was that? How old was your dad? My dad, it was in 88. So he was he was born in 58. He was 30. Okay. Yeah. So, so he had thir- 30 years in... Into his pun, life. In Punjab. Yeah. Yeah. Pun, Punjab? Punjab, yeah. Okay. What was he doing over there? He was... First, he started off... So my dad didn't really like school. Okay. So at first, he started farming at our... at our uh, in, in the village. And then my, then he decided to join the army as well. But he was actually drafted into the army for sports. My dad was really good at track and discus, shot put. Um, I don't know what that pole thing is where you like chuck the pole. Ja- javelin, I think yeah, it's called. Yeah, yeah. He was really he was a very athletic person. Cool. Um, so he was drafted into the army for that. He never like served, served like went to war, but he did all the training. He would he would he went to um, Kashmir is a very popular place between Pakistan and India. Mm-hmm. So he was stationed there. But he lived he lived a pretty amazing life. He That's the way crazy. he describes it. So um he wanted to retire doing that, but my grandfather was like, Hey, you, who knows if you're gonna get this chance in the future, you know? Yeah. Like this is an opportunity for you to come here and like, you know, start your life and do something with it. Yeah. So um when my parents got married, he then that's when he got took the retirement from the army okay. and then came here. And when did they get married? How old was he? Uh, dad was 28 and mom was 23. So like a five-year difference. So is that old? Oh, uh, yeah. For my cold? dad, it was old. Yeah. That that was another reason for them to say, come here. Okay. Like, let's get this going. But the funny thing was he ended up getting married in India. So they had went back. Him and my uh, my uncle, uh, youngest uncle and my grandma went back okay. for, to get my dad married. And then when they came... What was your mom? In, in America? In or? India. She was oh, in India. Oh, she was in India? Yeah. She was in India. She was in Dehradun, which is uh, in, like, northeast India. Okay. Um, but, so they went there to get my dad married, and they ended up finding my uncle a wife, too, which was my mom's sister. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so that's cool. they both got married at the same day at the same time. It's a two-in-one wedding. How does that work? So they literally, my grandma was like, oh, we have a younger son. You have a younger daughter. Do, you got, do they want to talk? Because so they were both uh, They were both there, yeah. They're both my, uh, my uh, dad and my uncle were arranged. Even my older uncle, it was arranged too. So like the, my uncle was just there and my younger aunt was there. And they're like, okay, let's just talk. And then right there and then. Oh, man. They set the date. My parents were married within three weeks. And my aunt and uncle. Could you imagine like. Just waking up one morning, 
and being like, ah, oh, today's a normal day. Yeah. I'm going to go to my brother's wedding and then, yeah. oh, wait, <laughs> wait, I'm getting married <laughs> I'm getting married to that. That's yeah. crazy. I asked him about it. He's like, I just did what my father, what my yeah. father said. So there was like, it sounds like there was just a certain level of respect. Respect, expectations, and faith. Okay. I w- those are the three words I would use. Um, respect that whatever your father and mother said was done. Faith that whatever you were doing was the right thing. And then just that everything was and the way it, yeah. it's meant to be. And then all that falls into, you know, having that foundation that your parents built of about like, you know, just trusting God and trusting whatever this, yeah. whatever's happening is happening. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So what, what did your, so your, your parents got married in India. Yeah. And, and then my dad came back because yeah. he had a, he had a, so when you get the green card, you have to come back in a certain time to check in and stay here. Yeah. So they came back and then my dad went, my dad and uncle went back again for their first anniversary. Um, and then they came back again, and that's when they applied for my... Well, they had already started applying for my, my mom and aunt to come mm-hmm. here. And then I was born. And then they were like, okay, we got to apply for him too. Yeah. So I came here when I was six months old. You were born in India? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I was born in India. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, I was born in Punjab. That's crazy. Yeah. So, so, then, so you were the firstborn, which I wanted to touch on, because growing up with you, um, it was always interesting. Because like... It was, it was awesome. Yeah. But cause we, I mean, all I knew was like just white people, middle class. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was, you were like the, un, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the weird one out. But th- you handled it so well. It looked like, yeah. Um, so I mean, that's something that Alex and I talk about a lot is like, man, it must've been like crazy hard yeah. for Anka. Do you like Anka or, or not? Well, now, before everyone used to call me Anka, but now everyone's just trying to call me Nav. It either works. Okay. It doesn't really and it, matter. Explain it real quick. Explain that. You so, Anka was given as a nickname that was given by my uh, aunt. Okay. But my full name is Navjot. But then, like, that was hard to say in school, so I just decided to just take the J-O-T off to say Nav. Nav. Okay. So, now, when I like, was in high school and college, everyone just said Nav, and I just stuck with it. What do they call you at work? Nav. Nav? Yeah. Okay. They, they try to pronounce it, and it just goes downhill. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So... In your house, did you grow up speaking English, Gujarati, Punjabi, Punjabi, and if you spoke anything else, you got a ruler to the hand. So, oh my God. yeah. So what? What? Like, where did you learn English? Dude, my first day of kindergarten in Mrs. Foss's class, <laughs> I did not know a single word of English. All I knew, sorry, I did know one word. Hi. That's it. And that, I, that was at that was at Erickson. At Erickson. Yeah. The first, I vividly remember this like conversation with my te- with Mrs. Voss. She said hi to me. I said hi, and then I just started speaking in Punjabi. And she just stared at me like, what just happened? Bro, what was that like? I, I had no idea what was going on. Like, I, I thought it was just a regular conversation. Because she, she only said hi. She didn't say anything more. Right. I would have never understand what, she, what else she would have said. So you, you didn't even know that she didn't understand you? Yeah. I just was like, it's like, just talk. But you're so naive and right. new to yeah. an environment that you had no idea what was going on. So my parents did try to put me in preschool, but I would always cry and just come home, mm-hmm. like fake an illness or whatever. And that was probably due to the lack of me knowing what was going on. Oh. Like, I didn't know what nap time was. I didn't know what play time was. Cause we, I was the only, my, I had an older cousin, but she was t- 12 years older than me. 
So she was doing her own thing. Yeah. But she was also born here. So she was accustomed to everything that happens here. Okay. Coming from India and only being exposed to my grandparents and my uncle and my parents and only knowing one language was the biggest barrier of my entire life. And going into school, obviously I had to take the ESL classes. But being that young, I picked up on things quick just okay. by observing. Okay. That's what I'm a... That, that's probably a blessing in disguise because I'm a very observant person now. Okay. Like I wouldn't say like we're out and about, like I will always be looking around to see what everyone's doing, if everything's okay and stuff like that. Yeah. So like, like it's always said that through hardship, there's always good. Yeah. So that was, the, I picked up a lot of skills just by doing that, but it was tough. It was very tough. It had to have been. Cause I couldn't, I didn't have friends. I couldn't really, even though you guys were so, I can guarantee, like, we know our friends, Nuzo, Rob Nuzo, all those guys. Those guys were so welcoming. Like, you guys knew that I had no right, no idea what was going on. But still, like, you, it wasn't like one of those, like, hey, look at the new guy. Let's let's pick on him or whatever. Yeah. But as we grew and people started realizing, like, you know, this guy is a little different. Obviously, bullying and all that stuff happens. And it's going to tend to happen if you don't know the person. Right. Like, I probably bullied a lot of kids in my, my time. Yeah. But... It was hard, but having friends like you, JT, Alex, I knew through you, mm-hmm. Artie, Adam, all those guys, like we all stuck together no matter what. Yeah. yeah. So it, it was a good and bad experience. So when did it, when did it go from like, I know no English to like, I can figure stuff out to where you felt comfortable just, I would say, um, after Christmas break in first grade, first grade. Yeah. Um, my grandpa spent a lot of time with me. Like, during those, like, off days and stuff, like, sitting there trying to... Because re- my grandpa was fluent in English, too, because through the army. Oh, okay. So, sure. that's all they spoke about. So, he would spend time with me on the side and, you know, sit with me, read, like, whatever school books they hand us to us. Like, I remember Cat in the Hat was, like, the first book. Like, he sat and, like, read with me. Yeah. So, like, he would always, like, oh, hey, Cat in the Hat, let's sit down and read it. Until I fully underst- read the book, he wouldn't stop. So, like, it was a lot of extra work outside of school yeah. to become accustomed to the language. Like, with the, uh, la- speaking English is easy. Mm-hmm. The grammar is just ridiculous. Like, English trying to figure is, is a crazy, it's a super language. Yeah, like, semicolons, colons. I don't know what any of that means. But to this day, those? I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Bear, that, whatever. Like, there's so many different ways of saying words. Um, but, yeah, I give my grandfather full props to that he handled my patience. He was so patient to handle. Cause yeah. I'm, a, I'm a, I was a very angry kid. I was very, I didn't have a lot of patience. If I found something hard, I like try to like give up on it. And that's another thing I got from him is that I persevere through yeah, obstacles, through. always go with whatever, whatever's tough. You just got to get through it. What do you think you were most angry about? <clears throat> I felt different. I felt like I was in a country that I, a place that I didn't belong, even though like, I was so welcomed and like nothing, there was never really anything done to me or like, like physically or mentally, mm-hmm. like no one really picked on me and stuff, but you see like everyone, like the, everyone has their cliques and everyone's together and like, you just like observe that and like, Oh, like, what are they talking about? Mm-hmm. I don't understand what they're saying. Like what's going on? Like I had no idea what sports were mm-hmm. and now I'm the biggest sports fan. Cause friends, like the friends that I have, like mm-hmm. you have, you learn from being accompanied by good people. And I thank God that he brought people into my life that were such like, they have such 
positivity and mm-hmm. had their life set. They're straight and, you know, I could have gone a different path. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, how many All guys did we grew up with that we, you're like, man, what, what are you doing? What, 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 yeah. what happened? Yeah. Well, it's great. So, I mean, because we all kind of grow up, the people we grew up with, sort of like a, we're in a safe area. Yeah. No real, like, crime, crime or, yeah. or, or whatever. But then we see some people, even like in our clique or whatever, um, turn to drugs or turn yeah. to like yeah. negativity or whatever. Like, for someone who came here not speaking a lick of English, feeling completely different, yeah. looking different, you know, yeah. whatever, like, and you were, so you would you would say it was your grandfather who like instilled that positive yeah. perseverance. He would always say it to me, and he said this to me the, literally the day before he died. He said, "You're the next generation. Whatever you do, the people that are under you, like your siblings, mm-hmm. they're gonna do the same thing. So just remember that in everything you do." Hmm. And this is coming from a guy that like. I don't want to be that cliche person came here with $7 in his pocket. Right. And built. Now we have three houses, land here, land in India, houses in India. Right. Everyone's eating three meals a day. Everyone has, I'm educated. My sister's educated. My cousins are educated. Like things that I don't think we would have had if we lived, we were still in India. Cause right. we had so much there that we would have been, we wouldn't have that work ethic. We were just like, oh, the house, the land's making money, whatever. We'll just go right. watch a movie or something. Right, right. Which is what it's going on in India now. A lot of the youth is not educated. Yeah. A lot of the youth is going towards drugs. A lot of the youth is just going in towards... In India. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We think there's a drug epidemic here. Go there. Really? Yeah. Well, you know I went to India yeah. a couple years back. Yeah. Chaos. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> the went countries. to the bris- You went to the busiest area too. Oh so. my goodness, dude! It's it's just chaos. Yeah, but it was it was cool though because it was like it just worked. Yeah, you know, yeah. there was like a billion people. Yeah, in this one place, but it it, it seemed it seemed to work. There's so many unsaid rules that people just yeah, aren't accustomed yeah, yeah. to. That's the craziest. Like the traffic, you would think that people would die every freaking every second. day. <laughs> but like, no, it's just oh, you're honking at me. All right. You go, then I'll go. Right, right. It's, it's crazy. And no it's one's crazy. getting road rage or yeah, like getting upset. Nothing. Yeah, bro. Honk at me here and on Chick Road, I lose oh, my mind. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> it's nuts. Yeah. Well, I mean, I told you, it was like three in the morning. Yeah. And I was just sitting rubbing my temples like, <laughs> when does the honking stop? It doesn't stop. Yeah. It's yeah, crazy. It's, it's bad. It's bad. Oh, my God. But um, how many siblings do you have? I have a younger sister and uh, she's two years younger than me and then my brother's 10 years younger than me. 10 years yeah he's yeah. 10 years younger than you yeah my dude, brother is yeah he's taller than me dude yeah yeah they the younger you are the, the you know all the hormones all the, the food. hormones everything <laughs> and we were very competitive with each other so like he would we play basketball sports and stuff yeah. so like he got into sports really quick because of like because i was got into sports so he became athletic and quicker and all yeah. that cool stuff. So he all, all he owes all his abilities to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he's very <laughs> happy about that. Yeah. Um, did you? So, I mean, so you're in America now. You speak English. You have a younger sister, younger brother. Did you raise them? Pretty much. Yeah. You had to have, right? Yeah. Because if you're, I mean, speaking... we still had to follow that rule in the house that no one could speak English. Like, yeah. we, why we, is that? My grandma didn't speak english so she always wanted to know what we were talking okay. about so it was like a protection thing like probably hopefully they're not talking about like bad things or doing bad yeah. things so like that was another thing like you know that's 
a foundation that set us to this right path. So when she found like obviously we hid and talked in English, whatever. Yeah. But like if she if she was ever around and she heard us speak English, oh man. <laughs> the beatings we got. <laughs> That woman was about 110 pounds, but man, she could throw a hit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, her for her it was more the safety thing. Yeah. So which we were now like when she tells us like she's like I didn't. You could could have spoken English, but I wanted to know what you guys were talking about, what right. you guys were doing. Just in case we're in Just trouble. Just in case, or in tr- yeah. So, yeah, like then, and the biggest issue was we didn't have TV when we got here. My dad refused to put TV, so like. All you had was talking to your family. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we didn't have these smartphones or like the things that were like podcasts and things like that, not what we have now. So, when I started second grade, I convinced my dad to get a TV in the house and get an antenna so we could watch WTTW. And I literally, me and my siblings, learned full English from that channel. Really? Yeah, just watching. Wow. Barney and Friends, man. That really purple dinosaur saved my life. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. That is incredible. So, I mean, what, what was it like basically raising your, your sister and your brother? I, I didn't really, like, think that I was doing that. It just oh, it, happened. So, it didn't weigh on you at all? Yeah, or? no. I mean, when you, when you, we lived in a joint family for 10 years. Like, my uh, uncle let my dad and my younger uncle live in the same house. We mm. all lived in the same house. There was, like, thir- 12 of us at one time. Wow. So, we had Fridays was move, family movie night. Everybody would get in the family room and sit down and watch a movie. Like, everyone's in bank blankets. Me, my cousin, my mm-hmm. sister, and my other cousins laying together. And it was like, a rec- like we didn't know anything different. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, like you you can go hang out or do this or do that. So, like, we had structure. Like, my uncle made sure that we were structured. Like, we ate dinner together every day. Mm-hmm. Unless, like, someone was working or whatever. Six o'clock every day, dinner was on the table. Hmm. And, you know, they say, oh, like, that's a Western thing. It's just a life thing, dude. Like, all these rules, like, it just happens through life. Yeah, yeah. So, like, we had all those customs, and I didn't really, like, in my mind, I didn't think I was doing anything different. Yeah. So, like, <clears throat> until this day, we still do that. I mean, obviously, we don't have the, the dinners and, like, all that other stuff. Like, we try to have family dinners, but everyone's schedules are so different. Right, but, and you're grown. and Yeah, you're grown up and stuff like that, but... I didn't think I was doing anything different or anything special or going out of my way to do anything. So I just, I just continued doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I felt like it wasn't even a burden or like a responsibility. Like no one ever really told me, Oh, you got to help your sibling. Okay. Or whatever. You, you just, just feel like a certain pressure to like, no, no, be a certain way or to like, set yeah, a I example. Mean, there, you can't be doing like stupid stuff all the time. Like with your friends, like when you're with your friends, you're obviously different, but when you're with your siblings, you're different. Right. But I think that's with everybody. That's yeah. just, that's yeah. like a learned thing. Like it's not even a learned thing. It's just an automatic like body, like yeah. a mental thing where you well, just, you, you were, just, you were the oldest. So yeah. You like, had, I, yeah, I, I was the youngest. Same. Yeah. I observed. Yeah. Like, I'm like sure Bruno did, you know? was way different. Yeah. Than, yeah. Well, and I, I learned from just watching him, yeah. you know, yeah. but I, and I'm, and I'm sure it's so like even when talking with you or with Alex, cause Alex is the oldest. Yeah. He would say too, he's like, man, I just, I can't, I can't say that thing. I can't do this yeah, thing. You exactly. know, it's just like, yeah. I want to, but I know they're watching. Yeah. And it's a different kind it's a of different. It's it's a different responsibility. Yeah. Like now it's different. Like I'll swear or whatever, say whatever I want. Like, but back then when, especially when the brain is such a sponge and like you catch yeah. on to everything, I had to watch. Yeah. And so you were pretty, you had to grow up pretty young too. I had to grow up very quick. Yeah. Very quick. 
Um, we hear kids these days that don't even know how to cut the grass or pick up the snow or yeah. do these chores. I was handling a lawnmower at the age of six. <laughs> In a 3,000 square feet house yeah. with a huge yard, yeah. I started shoveling the snow when I was eight. Vacuum the house. Like, I don't even yeah. know when. Like, just just things that you need to you do. You were just useful, Like, yeah. yeah, you just had to do. And that just comes to, like, how what this podcast is about is about being a man. Yeah. You got to learn. Like, on the spot. Yeah. There's no there's no training book. There's no training guide. There's no, like, yeah, there's resources. But mm-hmm. you just got to learn right there and then. Like, hey, I just need to do it. Right. Th- there's just no other way around it. Yeah, and there's nothing to, like... There's nothing to think about. There's nothing no. to like complain about, or it's not like, oh, I, I, I gotta do the shoveling. It's like, no, this is what needs to be done, and it's gotta you get done. You just gotta do it, yeah. Like you were talking, you showed me your house. Like I'm ripping the wall off next week. Yeah. Not oh, I gotta call somebody to come over here, measure everything, give me an estimate, do this, right. do that. No, I'm just gonna do it. Yeah. Well, even even a lot of people like the re- I got this house for pretty cheap. Yeah. It needs a lot of work. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people. Shy away from it. Right. Well, you know, well I got to do all this work and then yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's like people just want things done for them. Done yeah. right right away yeah. and whatever. But but I saw the happiness from you. Oh, dude, saying I that love this house. I got to I gotta do this. Like this is, and you said it, this is my future house. Yeah, yeah. Like my kids are going to grow up here. So yeah. it means something to you. Yeah. Now we go, like we see people, hey, you know, let's just get a handyman to do this, do that. Yeah. They learn from somewhere. Right. You know, like they were like, hey. I'm doing this stuff in my house. Let me make it a career. Right, right. Business. Like, just things like that. There's, you know, that men need to learn now. Yeah. Like, if you can't pick up the snow, you're on the, first off, you're living in the wrong city. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Chicago is not, <laughs> it's not good for you. And, dude, what do you expect your wife to go? I mean, I'm not, not being sexist or like stereotypical, but your wife's not going to go out and lift the snow that we just had this yeah, past so, week. Yeah, so, oh, dude, it was so heavy. Dude. I went plowing, I was plowing for like, I don't even know how long yeah. I was plowing for, but that was, Dude, it was like, like mixed with, wall, yeah, with rain and it was ice all on the bottom. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was terrible. But so that's kind of interesting. What, um, were there gender roles in like in your culture and your, the way you were raised, what were the gender roles? So, yeah, I would say there were gender roles. Now it's a little different, but, um, yeah, like the woman has to cook, make sure the dinner is ready at the time it needs to be ready. The man has to provide, um, even though in our family, both the male and female provided for the family and man, like they all worked. Okay. Um, now you see a little shift where getting into the kitchen and helping out and doing things like that, like doing the laundry, doing the dishes. Like my father, he was in the army, always had like a, a set schedule or whatever. Now when he, when he's at home, if my mom cooks dinner, like, he'll do the dishes. Or, okay. like, he'll say, hey, I'll fold the clothes. You go do something else. It's not like, oh, I'm going to come home from work 9 to 5 and then just sit on the couch the rest of the day. Right, right. And just have my wife just come from 9 to 5 and then just she'll be in the kitchen and, or, like, raising the kids. Like, I feel in, this, in the time we live in now, especially, you need to have a dual income family and you need to have a dual, like, partnership at mm-hmm. home mm-hmm. to raising your kids to doing the, the the job things you need to do your errands and all that stuff. Right. Like my dad will go grocery shopping. Okay. Okay. Like if my did mom, he always do that or was that is my that... dad always did. Yeah. Um, my older uncle still is a little stubborn because he was always tended to by my grandma. Okay. It was her oldest son and being in the Indian culture, being a male is such a big deal, which I'm totally against. Go go into that. What does that mean? 
So it's very, it's a very bad thing. Like it's it's becoming worse in India too. Um, you need to have a son. Like if you have daughters, like there's no legion. Like there's no your your bloodline dies there. Okay. So that is a big um, big thing in India, which a lot of activists are fighting too now. I I think I told you one time that you know there's a ratio that they come up with through the census of how many people they can count in India yeah. in the little section. At one point in Punjab, there was a four to one, four males to one female. Because they would abort or they would not, I don't want to kill the, the baby yeah. if it was a female. So if you don't have a, a, a male or if you don't have a, a son in your family, you're kind of looked down upon. Because my mom has no brother. My mom only has four. Uh, she has four, three, her and then three sisters. But my grand, my uh, grandfather never was like, oh my God, I don't have a son. Or, oh my God, like nothing's, no, no one's going to be able to take so care of So this is a new thing? No, it's, I'm talking about people's mindsets. Yeah. Like we're talking about like how the man, man should think. There's men there that they get a test on like, oh, it's another f- girl abort. And it's it's a and huge it's, it's issue. it's all for bloodline. It's all to like keep the name going. Yeah. But wow. little do they know that, I think daughters are more more loyal than sons. That's my opinion. In, in what way? What is? It mean like taking of taking care of their family. Like my sister definitely loves my parents to like. I mean I love my parents too, but like yeah. she'll call them all the time. Like have conversations with them. I barely ever like I'll yeah. text like hey how you doing blah blah blah. Right. But like. I feel daughters are more loyal. Okay. That's my opinion from just observing. Um, daughters love their family more because at some point they're going to leave. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to start their own family. Like we're very lucky that the, the female comes to us. Yeah. Like they come to our house and take care of our stuff. But you know how hard it is if you live with someone for so many years, you get accustomed to their everything that they do. And then you're like, Oh, I'm getting married, especially arranged. Then you go to go to their family and get accustomed to all their rules and yeah. what they do in their house. That's so like in, in in Indian culture, they still believe in living in a joint family. Like I don't plan to ever let my parents leave. Huh. Like my brother, my brother's like, if you want to live jointly, we can live jointly. Like I have no issues as long as our wives get along. Wow. Yeah, my cousins do that too. My cousins have been living together for. He's been married for five years, and the other one's been married for three years. They have kids too. Living together. Yeah. Wow. The wives all get along. Kids love it because they have other kids to play with. And that's how we grew up. Like, the reason I didn't was like, you you saw like how my my mind did deteriorate because my siblings were my friends. Mm -hmm. Everything we did, we did together. Everything we got, we got in threes. Yeah. And that's just how it was. Wow. Yeah. I, I don't plan on ever, like my parents can live with me till the, yeah, till the last breath. And that's what my parents did for my my grandfather yeah, and my yeah. grandmother. My grandmother still lives with us. At one point that's in my crazy. life, my grandpa, me and my grandma used to sleep in the same room. Really? Yeah. Like it, I never had any issues with it. She raised us. Yeah, yeah. She, my grandma was my true mother. My mother used to work two jobs. My mm-hmm. dad used to work two jobs. My grandma raised all of us. Yeah. Like, 
it's yeah. it's a different it's just because you moved into a different country doesn't mean your values change right you right. still keep that like if you move go from here to italy or whatever you're still gonna do what your family does here right and that's what that's how we were raised yeah like whatever but, they did back home they did here like they did something right though for you to be i mean you're what you're the third generation now or like yeah I'm actually considered the X generation because okay. I'm technically technically the first generation to start my start here. Right, and the fact that like you want to carry that on. Oh yeah, yeah. That's my kids will definitely know what yeah. Sikhism is, what Punjabi is. My kids, my kids' first language will be Punjabi. Huh. It will not be English. Why is that? Because you can learn English. Yeah. I I want to be able to talk to my kids like my dad is able to talk to me. Or my grandfather was able to talk to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying that English is a bad language or anything, but I want them to remember where, where we're from. Yeah. Even though this country is such a big melting pot, they they should learn Spanish. They should learn a lot of languages. I want to learn other languages so I can conversate with other people. Mm-hmm. I see people sometimes, like, you know, at the doctor's office or at my work where they have a hard time speaking English. I'm like, damn, if I knew that language, I could help them. Yeah. But, like, I don't. I don't have the ability to take time out of my day to like you learn another language. That's an excuse on my part. Mm-hmm. I, I could, I could easily pick right, up a book and start could, reading. Right? Yeah. But like things like that, like if say like, so I went to the doctor's office. This is an example. A couple of weeks ago, I went to the doctor's office and there's a Punjabi there. I could tell from, he was wearing the bracelet. He didn't know a single lick of English. I was happy that mm-hmm. I could uh, be the middleman and translate for him to the doctor and the doctor back to him. Yeah. So like just small things like that, you know. Well, it sounds like it sounds like you like it because you can help, and it goes back to helping right. a fellow human being. Right, like it, for from your faith. Yeah. Where it's like, hey, listen, yeah. just love people, and help you know help yeah. help when you can. Me and my cousins were coming back from watching the game on Sunday. We saw a couple that was stuck in the snow. The car was stuck. We literally didn't even think, pull the car to the side, yeah. help them push the car. So. Yeah, I mean, a lot of who you are, it sounds like, is through your through the my your faith. faith. Yeah, I mean, my parent, my grandparents, all that put that faith in me, but someone put that in them too. Right. It so passed, it yeah. goes. I think it all goes back to the ultimate power. Yeah. We could have you. And I know the the people we went to school with. Some of them are not even here anymore. Right. We could have went down a horrible path. Yeah. But I know your family's so religious. Just from hearing your mom speak at at your Liz's engagement, how she was, t- we all bowed and prayed to God. I bowed because I believe in all gods. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a huge thing, man. Yeah. If you don't have religion in your life, I feel like you're a lost person. In my opinion, because religion answered a lot of questions for me, of how to live my life, how to act with others, how to serve others Mm -hmm. um i don't you don't know this but um we believe in a a sant which is you would say like a high a priest like how your pope is okay they taught me religion they taught me how to how you pray what what the the scripture of and the holy guru gansab what it says what how you're supposed to live your life Mm -hmm. and what they say is love love and love if you have time to fight, you definitely have time to love. Mm. Hmm. If people make time to fight all the time, mm-hmm. but who makes time to love? So those, these are things that, like you know, 
you you, you don't learn from books. You, yeah. you learn from other people. Yeah. So life is wild, dude. Life is what you make it. Yeah. I'm not trying to be like that positive person. No, no, no. But it that's it, it is what life is. And that's and it's 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 authentic from you because like I mean obviously I've known you for a while. Yeah. So it's like I could say, yeah, it's authentic now. But like just from this conversation how you're saying like you were brought up instilled in these values through your faith, through your family, whatever. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, no, you are positive. You can come here not knowing a language, learning it, basically raising your siblings. Yeah. Being, uh, I mean, our community that we grew up in was very white. Yeah. You know, yeah. and you were, you were for sure different. Yeah. But just going through all of that and being like, yeah, man, it was awesome. Like yeah. I found a lot of positive out of it. Huh. So, I mean, even, so can we talk about your, like how you put on some LBs and yeah, now you're like, definitely. okay, so, so what, was, what was that all about? Um, so being the oldest son in the family, so my uncle, that goes back to like not having a son. Okay. My oldest uncle only has one child and it's a daughter. Oh, okay. And he never ever said that, oh God, I don't have a son. He raised me as his own. Okay. And like, I respect my oldest uncle, like my, I respect him more than my, I respect my father. Sorry, okay. dad. <laughs> I just had to say it. Yeah. Um, so like before, if my dad told me to do something and my uncle told me to do something, my uncle was first priority. Why is no that? No matter what. Because I just, he, he is the reason we are settled here. He okay. is the reason why we have everything we have. He is the reason why our family is so connected. He he was the he is the glue. Okay. I would say that holds us all together. After my grandpa passed, all my grandpa's responsibilities were put on him. Okay. So he loved me like a lot. So he would feed me three or four times a day. Okay. So when they say like, oh, a baby's not supposed to have formula after like six or whatever months, I'm sure Liz knows more. Yeah, about this I than have I no idea. I have no <laughs> idea, but like. They had me on formula for like a year and a half. Okay. I'm sure that was more than what I needed. So they took me off formula and then they put me on whole whole milk. They're like, no, no 2%. You need strong bones, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. Little do we know the milk is like the, probably the worst thing for your bones. <laughs> so a glass in the morning, a glass at night from him. And then whoever else came in the house would always like throw something in my mouth. Yeah. So like I developed my eating from that. Okay. And the Indian culture is very based around food. Oh, God. Dude. Dude. I gained, I gained, I tell you all the time, I literally gained 10 pounds yeah. when I went to India. It, the food is amazing. Yeah. It's, e easily it's heavy, food. too. It's, it's like, so heavy. It's so heavy. They're gravy. I, I'm getting hungry now. <laughs> um, so, I just kept eating and, like, my dad was, like, my dad's a health freak mm -hmm. and always has been because, obviously, through the army and, like, yeah, yeah. the sports background. My dad would always say like, "Hey, you know, stop! Like, you're you're going too much." And I'm like, "No, no, 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 no! Like, he's our he's our kid, the first kid, the only baby in the house." Blah blah. blah. So that just you know it was a trickle down effect. I kept eating, kept eating, kept eating like pizzas, pastas, all this stuff. Like Everything. I didn't I didn't know what a a good diet was. Right. So it just kept happening. Like I was like, oh, I didn't even know. I honestly I didn't even know I was like fat or what was going on. So kindergarten through elementary i was fine and then middle school hit that's when like i started like hanging out with you guys and like we would go out to get food and stuff like that mm -hmm. i would eat out and then come and eat at home i'm sure you guys can come eat at home because you already already eaten mm -hmm. out but i had to lie to my parents because we have to eat at home okay so i would eat out and then come eat at home every day seven days a week and what, what kind of food did you guys eat at home so like 
curry, strict, strict, strict Indian food. Yeah. And my mom would have like two, three, two. Uh, so Saturday and Sunday were designated for like you know American food. Like my mom would make pizza or like pasta or okay. stuff like that. So you could just imagine like having That's a, a lot fat of food dinner <laughs> with your boys and then having a fat dinner when you got home. And then if you didn't eat enough, they would know like. Okay, yeah, what the hell did you just do? You've been doing something, yeah. So that's when I really started packing on my weight. And sophomore year, I started playing football. I lost a couple pounds and then stopped playing football junior, senior year. Then I really, really started packing my weight. The highest I got was at 315 pounds. 315. Three, 315. Yeah. The, f- the first time I realized how big you were, was when you did the before and after yeah. that you post on Instagram. Yeah. And I, I was sitting with my mom. I was like, I was like, holy shit, mom. Yeah. Like, look at this. I didn't, because you're, you, you, yeah, I mean, you just kind of steadily put on, yeah. on weight. But in our group of friends, like, we never, it wasn't like, a, oh, make fun of yeah. whatever. Like, yeah. We obviously poke fun at each other yeah, all the yeah, time. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but it wasn't like, oh my God, like, he just gained 50 pounds in right, the right, summer right. or whatever. Was, oh, maybe we should talk to Nat. Yeah. Is, is he doing okay? No, but, so you were 315? Yeah. So freshman year in college, I remember because I was sitting at COD with JT. I was wearing a 3XL hoodie. I was wearing a 3XL Nike t-shirt, white with a black mm-hmm. logo. I had triple XL sweatpants on. And the elevator was broken at COD. And I was walking up the stairs. And I took five or six steps. And I literally had to stop. At the age of 19. And I couldn't breathe. And, like, JT was gone. JT was in great shape. Yeah. Not anymore. <laughs> but he, he was in great shape then. Yeah. So, like, because he played, he played uh, baseball at Lake Park and all that. And, like, you guys would always have, like, the your, in, like whatever travel teams. Like, just yeah. hanging out, like, in the, uh, the Carroll Stream Park District teams and stuff like that. Like, I played sports, but I never, I don't play sports like I do now. Because right. I, was, I wasn't in shape. So, I literally went home, dude, and I just sat in front of the mirror in the bathroom like what the fuck like what what am i doing this is insane i slapped myself in the face in front of my mirror and it was that day you. it was that day and i just told my dad like my dad my me and my dad never fought the only thing we fought about was my eating and me not being in shape that's all he cared about he's like if your body is in shape you can win the world Hmm. there's there's no obstacle that can hold you back yeah so I joined Lifetime, and you know I I go there religiously. Yeah. If, if I'm sick, if I'm like not feeling it, I You're always if there. I if I'm sick, if I'm not feeling it, I go even more, because I want to train my body to like you know this is just a small obstacle that's getting in your way. Obviously, if I have the flu or I'm like right, right. dying of pneumonia, I'm not gonna be like walking in like hey let's <laughs> let the germs go or whatever. But this journey from going to three fifteen to Losing 115 pounds on my 200, 210. Taught me your body is amazing. Your body is whatever you put your body through. Your mind will always tell you not to go. Or, hey, you could do this. Or, hey, you could do that. You got to tell that that piece of shit to shut up. Yeah. I can't tell you how many family events, family parties, anything like that had to do with like, oh my God, I'm going to eat like crap there. How many things I skipped because I had a vision. Um, my grandfather was sick at that time. Um, so like 
that was another blessing in disguise. I'm not saying that like health is health. Mm-hmm. I sacrificed my four years of university to stay at home to take care of my grandfather. Through that, I was able to go to the gym. I was able to eat healthy. I was able to te- sleep on time. I was able to wake up and have a routine. Mm-hmm. If I had went to that four-year route, where living in the dorm and doing all that, having a meal plan, mm-hmm. un- endless amounts of food, I probably would be dead. Yeah. So, like, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. That day, something clicked in my head. That day, I literally went that day during Lifetime that day. I met so many amazing people at this gym. Like, I can't, I can't thank them enough. for. They gave me motivation without even knowing that they gave me motivation. Just watching people there. People that don't even need to be at the gym are there every day. Yeah. I wouldn't really call it an obsession. You're just making yourself better. There was this one guy that goes there... Um, he always says you're just working yourself to become a better person every day, even just with one rep or one set mm-hmm. or just coming here. Like you beat an obstacle. Tell me when you want to go to the gym, how many things go in your head? Like, hey, oh, I could yeah. be doing this or like I just be laying on the couch. Just life. Yeah. But you go. Yeah. You just have goes back to you just have to do it. Yeah. No matter what. Now it's become a therapy thing. Like, just go in there and, like, you're... Well, you're there, I feel like, all day. Yeah. I Once I get <laughs> off work, it's... If I'm not... If I'm not... Either I'm not... If I'm not reading a book or, like, I just finished a book, I'll, like, I'll take a break or whatever. And I I just... I, I have the itch. You know, mm-hmm. like, it's just an itch. I have to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, I do allocate, like, 30 minutes out of the day just to read. Because, like, just because you're physically fit doesn't mean you're mentally fit, you know? Right, yeah. So, like reading an article or reading some, uh, uh, listen to a podcast. I usually actually have started a new thing where I listen to podcasts while I'm lifting. So I'm doing two things at once. Okay. Multi-test. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so, um, but it's, it's very important, dude. I, I took my body for granted when I was in uh, middle school, high school. I wish I was in the shape I am now back then. Cause I would have participated in so many more things, but I'm taking full advantage of that now. Um, I play whatever sport you guys call me whenever. Yeah. Oh, you're always there, Let's yeah. go. Um, <clears throat> but, and another thing that comes with that is anybody can do this. Anybody. So explain if you were to, let's, let's say someone who's listening right now just is overweight. Yeah. Doesn't have the motivation. Like doesn't, hasn't had that, like whatever, like what would you, what, what, what do you wish someone would have told you or what do you wish like, I would say, don't be scared. You have to start somewhere. Don't be scared of the way people are going to look at you when you walk in there the first day. Yes, you're overweight. You're still a human being. I feel like a lot of people are, they get too intimidated when they walk into a gym and they see, oh my God, a person's lifting two plates on the bench or like a person's squatting three plates or, oh my God, this guy just ran like eight miles and like, 10 minutes mm-hmm. obviously that's not realistic right, but right. i'm just saying dude everyone has a different path like not everyone's body is built the same way i'm been working on it for like three years now i still can't do two plates on the bench yeah it doesn't stop me from going i'm still getting on that bench no matter what happens even if i'm stuck the same weight for the rest of my life i'm doing it yeah you should not be afraid you should be happy that you took a step to make yourself better and no, 
And this, the reason why I'm saying this, this is not even coming from me. These are the people that told me when I was, I was afraid when I went in the first time. I wasn't intimidated. I was afraid that I, nothing was going to happen. Like I wasn't going to lose anything. Like okay. I would, I would lose the passion real quick. All these people kept that passion alive in me. How? Just like, you know, if say you're lifting, like if I see you, now I do that too now. Like when I see someone lifting, I'm like, good job, you know, you're, 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 you're doing good. Mm-hmm. Some people might think that's weird. Mm-hmm. But dude, back in the mind, you're like, fuck yes. Like someone saw me, like they're like, hell yeah. Like someone's watching me, like you're doing it right. Yeah. I see young kids come up to the gym now, like start doing deadlifts. Form is absolutely trash. Like you're going to hurt yourself. Anybody that's listening or has a, f- a fitness background, if you see that, please help them. Yeah. This is not, it's not just a short term thing, man. If you hurt your back once, you're done for the rest of your life. You know how much physical therapy oh, yeah. you need? Well, I mean, there's, I'm, I'm, I've always been pretty fit. Yeah. And like I've, yeah. I've just always been, yeah. mo- always moving, always yeah. moving. I mean, look at your job now. Well, like, right. You have to be. Right. If you're not fit, you're going to be injured all the time. But I'm, I, there are sometimes I feel the same way where I walk in a gym and I'm like, I look around and I'm like, oh man, I'm way out of my league. I don't know what. I was telling you, I'm like, yeah, no, nah, I was doing those squats where I like sit down on the box and then stand yeah. up. You're like, oh, box squats. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. You know, yeah. like, I have no idea. Yeah, but you but, did them. Right. But the thing is like, like you're saying though, if I were to do a deadlift or a clean, which I have no idea how yeah. to do, like, yeah. and I was doing it wrong, I would for sure take hey, someone with me. yeah it, even like if anybody sees i look like an idiot i know i look like an idiot yeah. please help me yeah <laughs> like but just come up to that's, me that's that's what differentiate differentiates because you have you have that mindset that i want to learn right that's still a learning experience yeah. everything you do in life is somehow you're some way learning yeah so like i'm not i didn't know how to deadlift mm-hmm. i didn't even know what a deadlift was everyone just said oh you pick up a bar from the ground and you stand straight up I'm like, no, there's got to be more to this. Yeah. So I learned from watching other people. I was the most curious person. If I knew someone, I just, even if I didn't know, I'd be like, hey, can you just watch me real quick to see if I'm doing this correctly? I don't want to like hurt myself. Right, right. People respect that. They, we live in a very egotistic world. So their ego just got boosted by me saying that, hey, you did it correctly. Mm-hmm. So everyone that's listening, don't be afraid to ask, but just ask the right person. Yeah. Just because they're the biggest person in the gym doesn't mean their form is right. Okay. Ask you, someone who looks like they're like doing it yeah. properly. Yeah. Watch them do it first. And if you see them get up and not make that face like, oh God, I just tore every muscle yeah. in my back, that's the person you talk yeah, to. You got to talk to that guy. Yeah. So, I mean, um, so when did you start seeing progress in, so, in your weight loss? Um, when I, I was very afraid to get on the weight machine after my first month. Like really afraid because I didn't. My body didn't look seem like it was different, but people kept telling me like, "Oh my god!" Like you know, your 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 body's changing. Um, they say it takes four weeks for uh people around you like this the that you see every day to see mm-hmm. a notice notice something different. I think it's eight weeks for um people you see here and there to notice, and twelve weeks for you to notice. Mm-hmm. Um, after a month, I lost twenty pounds. You were just doing like straight cardio or what were you no, doing? No, um, I was, that's what I had started doing. Um, I met a couple of people at the gym that had gone through the same journey that I had, had was starting. They always told me to lift weights. They're like, you will lose more lifting weights at 
compared to cardio, like how already explained to us that one day through yeah, the text yeah. messages. But your body is cardio doesn't really do it's just you're losing water weight yeah for a person that obviously is weighs 315 pounds the first thing to start doing is cardio you're obviously going to see a huge change okay because that's your first physical activity but through experience of my life and how i did it i think you you incorporate cardio yes but you incorporate weightlifting more okay because you're burning fat all day when you weight lift your body's burning is metabolism is getting stronger and stronger so I would do uh, a day of weightlifting, cardio. This was my regimen. I did a day, a day of weightlifting, cardio, weightlifting, cardio, weightlifting, cardio. And cardio wasn't, hey, I'm going to get on the treadmill and run for like uh, 10 miles at the same speed. I did intervals. Like okay. ran for 30 seconds, like full speed, as fast as I possibly could. Even, and I'll tell you right now, this is a podcast I'm telling everybody, my fastest speed was 4.0, which people usually walk on. When you were? When I was doing When it. you were starting? Yeah. Okay. Now I do sprints at 12 miles per hour. That's awesome. So like it's 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 a marathon. It's not a, a, a sprint. Yeah. If you want to sprint, those are the people that go towards the fat burners. And I'm telling everyone right now, I did that route too. I got even fatter. The pills? The Like the fat burners, hydroxy cut, all that stuff. It None of that works. Here's the equation to losing weight and getting into shape. Exercise and eat right. And have a cheat day. And have a cheat day? Definitely got to have a cheat day, bro. <laughs> when did you start incorporating the cheat day? Um, so when I lost my first 40 pounds, that's when I started incorporating the cheat day. Because I started feeling... I felt like my body didn't have enough... Like, wasn't getting energy. Like, I would eat very, very clean. Mm-hmm. Like, to the point where I wouldn't even hang out with my friends, too. Because I knew that if I went there, mm-hmm. we are going to eat like shit. So... And it helped that you and JT and Alex were in the city, like yeah, school. Yeah. So like, I had I had this was my only thing. So um, I incorporated my cheat meal after uh, I followed this page, a T Nation on Instagram. What's it? What's the name? T Nation. T Nation. Yeah. yeah, they 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 put videos up and stuff like with exercises and stuff like that, and like tips and drills that you can do. Um, I started just with one cheat meal. In a week. Okay. And then when I saw that, oh, like, you know, my weight's not really fluctuating that much, I added a second meal in that same day. And then it just became a cheat day. Okay. But that doesn't mean you, you know, order an extra large pizza in the morning, an extra large pizza in the afternoon, an extra large pizza at night, and be like, oh, shit, I gained 10 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's going to happen, man. You just ate, like, 16 pounds of food. Yeah. So, like, you got to, you got to, you still got to keep a portion size down right and like especially for eating like really bad food obviously everything needs to be done in moderation right. everything in life needs to be done in moderation so if that's just meditating eating right watching tv being on your phone work mm-hmm. even just because you work you have to work from nine to five doesn't mean you're working the full nine to five you know you got to take time out of your day for yourself for like two minutes to like you know center yourself get back and focus again yeah so everything in life is in moderation so my cheat day consists cheat day consisted of so like i love indian breakfasts which is like brontes what's that with like it's like two uh chapatis rotis put together with like a filling like either potatoes or something in there okay bro do you guys do nutella or no Nutella's, we got one, that's dessert. Yeah. <laughs> Remind me, I'm going to invite you over for Perontes. Yeah. Um, dude, it's the greatest thing ever. And then you have a, uh, you have yogurt and uh, butter on top of it. Oh, man. Yeah. 
So that's that's the breakfast and then lunch. Like if I hit you guys up, like hey, let's go get some food. Like you know, get a sub from Subway or something big. Yeah. I consider Subway not healthy, but that's a different topic. Okay. And then at <laughs> night, I probably get like a pizza. And I okay. usually kept this. I had it all scheduled out like for like when the football season's going. Sunday is definitely my cheat day because I know I'm just gonna eat like crap no matter what because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm at home all day. So, but I still worked out that day too. Okay. I worked out harder that day just because I told myself I have to earn the meal. Hmm. If you live by that rule that you have to earn the meal that you're, you're going to have that day, you will be in shape so fast. You, you'll, you'll be like, holy shit, I used to be fat at one point in my life. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like, I mean, you said, what, it's been three years since you said Yeah, so I lost the, the 100, uh, 100 pounds in a year and like a couple of months. And then the 15 pounds, I started like being an idiot and eating like crap. And, yeah. Gained like ten pounds and I, then I lost twenty five altogether. I was gonna say because I I don't see you like going back. Never. It does it it doesn't seem like it's even like a question. No. It, I I can't even remember how you used to look. Yeah, I I. It's only when I look at the pictures I'm like, God, dude. Not, sometimes that was I look at pictures I'm like, what the hell was I doing? It like, doesn't even look uh, like you. It's it's never gonna happen. I tell myself every day like you work, you know how like self. Um, What's that word? Like what af- is, affirmations? Yeah, self-affirmations. Yeah. Like I tell them every day, like, hey, every time I wake up in the morning, I put my feet down before I even stand up. Life is good. You're breathing. You're alive. You're in great shape. You have a house. You have a job. And you have food. And then I thank God. That's how I start my day every day. And the night before I sleep, I thank God for the day that he gave me, the food that I got. I pray for everybody in the world. There's this thing we have. We have a saying. It's Nanik Nam Chardikla Terebane Sarbadabla. That means give blessings to everybody, not just me. Because I, I fall in to everybody. Okay. Sarbadabla means good for everyone. One more time. Sarbadabla. So S A R B A T. Sarbad. Da. D A. Da. B H A L A. Bala. Bala. Yeah. Bala. Bala. Yeah. That means Nailed literally it. good for everyone. Good for everyone. And my godfather Bala. says if you wish, if you say that, you're not just wishing for yourself, you're wishing for your family, your friends, your enemies. Mm. Just because your enemy doesn't mean he's not a human being or mm-hmm. she's not a human being. You're, 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 you're asking good for everyone. People yeah. that you don't even know are getting blessings that who knows what they, what they need. Yeah. But man, gratitude is the greatest thing in the world. You could have be having the shittiest day possible, be gratitude for five minutes, tell me you won't put a smile on your face. Yeah. Dude, that's crazy. Life is what you make it. Yeah. I have shitty days all the time. I'm not saying that, you know, I have a smile. I keep a smile on my face just to remember the good. Yeah. I could be walking around with like, like with a frown and yeah. being all angry and all this and all that, but what's the point? You're just gonna bring down the people that are around you. Yeah, I, li- I like the you're uh, giving the energy. I like the if you have time to fight, you have time to love. That yeah, was, that's it's the, it's true. No, it's true. Yeah, I never, I've never even. I didn't know. I didn't think about it until they they said it. I was yeah. like, holy shit! Like this is my eyes were like, what? Yeah, because we could easily find a topic right topic right now to fight over. Oh yeah, easily. But look at the conversation we're having right now. Yeah, not everyone can have this, bro. All right, let me, uh, this is awesome. Um, 
So real quick, I I got two questions for you. Go ahead. To end. But first, um, man, you've lived an awesome life from, yeah. from an outsider's perspective. Um, I've learned a lot about you today that I didn't, yeah. I didn't know. And we've known each other for how long? I know. Now? I know. A long time. Long time. Um, I just want to acknowledge you for, for keeping a positive mindset and uh, making the choices that you made. I know. I mean, we both know we could have gone any, any direction. Ways. Um, but you didn't, you chose to, to stay positive and, and you chose to, to make your life better one day at a time by going to work out. Yeah. You know, like you said, you, I mean, you were at a, a place where it was dangerous. Yeah. For I mean, sure. I had heart, borderline heart disease. My cholesterol was skyrocketed. Yeah. Blood pressure issues, all that stuff. Yeah. I have none of that anymore. Yeah. So I just want to thank you for sharing. Yeah. Um, it takes a lot to I'm open up like that. I'm happy you're doing this, dude. This is yeah. absolutely amazing. For the listeners, whoever's listening, this man that's talking on the other side, he's like my blood brother, dude. Like, I can't even express how important he is to me because he's talking about all this positivity. Vito, I haven't said this before. I got the positivity from you, bro. You, throughout school, throughout middle school, high school, always had a smile on your face, no matter what. We all went through shit. Everybody knows, especially in those years, we always had something going on. Yeah. But you know who you you knew who your people were, and you stuck by them no matter what. Yeah. And I, I don't think I would have had those qualities if I had never met you in my in my life. Thanks, so, man. I'm very happy you're doing this. I can't wait to listen to other people join. I want other people to join, have conversations, so I can learn from them. Yeah. Because, the word sickism, sick means to learn. Really. So I want to learn, from other people. Whoever it is, whoever you have on this podcast, whoever, just from you, if you're just talking by yourself, yeah, I'll learn. So Sikhism literally means to learn. Yeah. And I want to thank you too for, for opening up about that because I feel like a lot of people, especially in America, will look at people who are wearing turbans or who are like of Middle Eastern yeah. profile yeah. and they're like, oh, they want all Americans to die or they want, yeah. they're, they're Muslim or whatever, but... I mean, Sikhism, it sounds like it's a beautiful it's a be- way, every, way of living. Every you know? religion is beautiful, my man. Yeah. I want people to know not to characterize people by one person's actions. Please. A lot of innocent people get hurt. Yeah. So I beg, if you're listening, I beg of you, just because if a person says, oh, a Muslim hurt this person, or an African-American hurt this person, or a Caucasian hurt this person, doesn't mean every other person from that culture or that religion does the same thing yeah why 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 does that have to happen so just educate yourself read a book like take 30 minutes out of your day i i read about christianity i read about catholicism because i want to learn i want to know like when people say oh we took communion what is that yeah i want to learn so i i do that so like if we have more intelligent people not saying that people aren't intelligent. Like if you have more people that are aware of their surroundings, especially in the country we live in, like there's so many different cultures, so many people backgrounds. If you have some sense of like a foundation of what their people believe in, we wouldn't have these hate crimes. Yeah. We wouldn't have all these shootings. We wouldn't have people bullying other people. Yeah. Or just like the over, like the anger that people just walk yeah. around with yeah. and just kind of like, it's, it's almost subconscious now where you're like, you're like, Oh, that person wearing a turban just walked by me. It's like, does he have a bond? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it literally, it's so a lot, yeah. you know, it's so like, it doesn't make any sense, but yeah. that's just, it's, it's so subconscious now that like you're saying, and like, that's like screwed up. It should, yeah. it should never be like, well, this. and that, that energy goes out there. Cause then you're like, instead of enjoying your day, you're like kind of watching your back. 
You compare for a guy, yeah, yeah, who's just dressed yeah. because his culture dresses that way or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, dude, thank you a lot for sharing that. that that's I think that's huge, and that's nice. a big reason why I, you know we want to do this too is because yeah. like people need to know, like, look, you're a great guy. Yeah, you're you've told us over, over and over, like, just faith, love, and help your neighbor. That doesn't sound like someone I should be afraid of. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. At, at all, at yeah. All. yeah. Um, so. Two questions. What would be your definition of manliness? I feel like the word man, people associate with like a tough, like, you know, nothing phases them or like they always have to have an answer or they have to be like the the top dog or whatever. Um, I feel like a person that's manly, um, they reflect their feelings like what we're doing right now. Like this is kind of us putting our feelings out on into a, a little audio, whatever people that a man to me is obviously they take care of their family, take care of their priorities, whatever, but they also take care of themselves. Like let your emotions out. It's it, it, just cause if you cry or you laugh too much, doesn't mean you're, you're not a man. Mm. So like I try to laugh whenever I can laugh. If I'm having a tough day, I let a tear out, whatever mm-hmm. it, that doesn't make you less of a man. Um, a man educates himself. So we're going to have kids in the future. Kids are going to ask us questions. If we don't have the answers to it, what are we going to, what are we going to do? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like just be, you need to be, a, if you want to be a full rounded person, you need to know, you need to be educated you need to learn. Not okay. saying go back to class and start taking, read a book. Yeah. What's so hard about that? Read a chapter a day. Um, another thing with a man is respect your spouse, man. Like, they're not just there to, you know, give you kids and cook you food. Take them, show them that you can do those things too. Make a meal one day. Yeah. Pick one day. I'm sure you and Liz do this now. Pick one day out of the week where you guys both cook together. Or she cooks one day or you cook the other day. Surprise Mm -hmm. them with a dinner. Or like, hey, I made food. Just small things, man. Like, if you want to have a happy life, just those small things make a huge difference. Yeah. And you being in the kitchen doesn't make you less of a man, in my opinion. I don't know what other people think. Yeah, no, it's... Just because you know how to flip a rib on a, on, a, on a barbecue doesn't... I'm sure a woman could do it as good as you can. Yeah. And I. And that's another thing. Just because a woman is a woman doesn't mean she can't do the things you can't do. Guarantee she can do them. Yeah guarantee i can guarantee your girl can take part apart the wall that you want to take down liz could probably take a sledgehammer to it right oh, now she loves that stuff. exactly <laughs> see so we if girls can do manly things why can't we do feminine things yeah so be open to the not the not the tough guy the, don't be open to the not the norm yeah okay i like that yeah. and then uh i guess the last thing which i've been kind of thinking about for the last couple years is yeah. um what uh what legacy are you building to leave behind? When people talk about legacy, they talk about, oh, like the businesses, the money, the land, the property. What I want to leave behind for my family is the legacy that my grandfather taught me, the legacy my great-grandfather taught my grandfather, whatever my uncles learned, my dad learned, is just be a good person. Money comes, money goes. You bought this house, you're probably going to find something else better in the future, whatever you want. 
I don't look at money anymore. I used to be very stressed about money. Like, oh my God, I'm running out of this. Money's going to come and go, dude, no matter what. The legacy that you leave behind with your family, I don't know what kids I'm going to have. If I'm going to have a son, daughter, whatever, but she's going to have the values that my family put in me. Those values being help one another. Don't be educated to the point where you don't have, you don't judge people. Like, I'm not saying that I do all these things. I'm a, I'm a huge judger. Like mm -hmm. I, I see people, I'm like, damn, like he, he doesn't look like it's good news, even though it's probably the nicest person in the mm -hmm. world. View the world in an open eye. That's the biggest thing I want to leave for my kids or my, what are my kids, kids and whatever. Mm -hmm. But I think the values that my grandfather about just being a good person, being happy and just believing in God. That's God would be the biggest thing. I want my parent, my kids to experience the love I feel from a power that I don't even know. Yeah. And just believing that whatever they're doing is good. Awesome. And that that's that's a legacy I want to leave behind. Money, awesome. money, cars. Forget it. Forget <laughs> it. They all come and go, bro. Cars rust. They break down. Yeah. Money. You can if you light fire to money, it's gone, right? Yeah. You can't light a fire to legacy. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. Brother. I love it. You're the best. You're the best. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, no worries. Appreciate it. So, who was you? I love you, brother. That was awesome. That was awesome. Dude, that was perfect. I was kind of nervous. I'm like, I don't want to oh, say something stupid. Nervous. No, man. That's it. I mean, that, that, that's, I mean, that's it. That's, uh, that was awesome, bro. I think I stopped it. Let's see. What do you use? No, it's still running.